know, the Lord speaks in interesting ways, doesn't he? I love it. And it's good for us to be listening, to be careful to recognize the voice of the Lord. Sometimes people say, I can't hear God. Well, if you like, we'll give you a Bible and all you have to do is open it and you'll hear him. Hallelujah. Because it's the words of Jesus. It's the words of God. The word was God. The word is God. But he also speaks in so many ways. He'll never violate his word, which is wonderful. Hallelujah. And that's why I'm excited about the the prospect of starting a Bible college next year. Hallelujah. Uh, That we can raise up leaders who actually know how to study the word of God and and learn it not from a uh, perspective of having an academic understanding, but from a, a heart knowledge that desires to really understand who he is. Hallelujah. And I'll be grounded in the word of God. But even um, as, we, as we pursue to know him more and more and more, the heart of God is that we would truly recognize his desire not to uh, make, let us think that we are standing separately trying to find him in the distance, but that he is so close. Hallelujah. That he's with us and that he wants to speak to us in all sorts of ways. The scripture says actually, that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. That means when you look up at the stars, who likes to look at the sky? I love looking at the sky. I love it. I'm almost always looking for the Southern Cross. It's a bit confusing when you go to the Northern Hemisphere and it's not there. Where did it go? Um, but to see the stars, or when you go out into the country when you can really see the Milky Way and how beautiful it is, you know, that, that's actually normal that you should feel. Wow, amazing God. Because it's normal for us when we look at the stars to, 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 to feel something bigger than ourselves because the Bible actually says that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. It's all designed by God. It's made by God to get our attention and help us recognize, here I am, I love you, I'm here, hallelujah. And he speaks to us in all sorts of different ways. Like, I often wake up in the morning with a song. Does anyone else get spoken to by songs? And, you know, sometimes it's a chorus, sometimes it's a worship song, sometimes it's an unusual little ditty that he'll put in my head, and it'll be an invitation for me to go and find out what he's saying. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I had a little invitation from the Lord today. Uh, Just as I was going about my day, I finished with a meeting in the morning and then I was just, I I just um, went and spent some time with the Lord. And just as I was about to go and and take some time in my room with the Lord, I suddenly had this song drop into my heart, one that I barely knew. And it was very strange. It was just going round and round in my head, but I knew it was a God invitation that the Holy Spirit was trying to speak to me. And I'm so thankful for it. He speaks to me in dreams because he can get my attention when I'm asleep. Hallelujah. Uh, He speaks in so many different ways. But he was speaking to me through a song today. And it was a strange song. Really old, old, old song. It goes like this. Try to remember the kind of September when life Oh, so mellow. What on earth is going through my head? I definitely don't listen to this music. 
remember the kind of September when grass was green and grain was yellow. Thinking, I looked up the, the lyrics because I'm thinking, what is this, God? Try to remember the kind of September when you were young and a, ten, a callow fellow. Thinking, what on earth is a callow fellow? I had to look up the word callow. Like, sickly? What is that? Callow actually means naive, green, inexperienced, innocent. And then it says, try to remember, and if you remember, follow. All right, what are you trying to say, God? I looked at the next verse, and it says, try to remember when life was so tender that no one wept except the willow. Try to remember when life was so tender that dreams were kept inside your pillow. Try to remember when life was so tender that love was an ember about to billow. Try to remember and if you remember, follow. I thought, okay. What are you saying, Holy Spirit? You might think, well, that's ridiculous. That's a secular song. God doesn't speak like that. Actually, he does. He can speak in myriads of ways. And as I thought about this, I thought, I felt such a supernatural peace come upon me. And all I wanted to do was get on the floor and worship God. And I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, I want you to try to remember. This is a word for the body. I want them to try to remember their first love. Now, that's a scripture that I've struggled with over the years. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. And it's, he's talking to the Ephesians, the church of the Ephesians. He's actually giving them an affirmation sandwich. It's like, you do this really well. I see your hard work. You're doing great with that. You're really good at discerning. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. And I used to think, I'd read that scripture and go, I don't understand God. My first love, I mean, I got saved when I was 12. I have been saved now 33 years. And personally, I'd have to say, I think I love God more now than I did then. But really, my love for him is, is more mature. It's, it's deeper. It's richer. I have history with God. My faith in him is more solid. It's less selfish. It's less self-centered because I've grown with him. And I think, why do you want me to go back to first love? I don't understand God. And yet he still says, try to remember. All right. And I began to think about it. Those early years when I was first saved. I got saved at a youth camp. 
up on Mount Tachikoi. And I got real with God. I said, Lord, I can't see you. I don't know you. Really hard to worship somebody I can't see and don't know. Help. And he made himself real to me, just like that. I had a revelation that changed my life forever. Help is still my best prayer. It's a wonderful thing to pray. But as I was praying, help and changed, when I came home from that camp, my mother said I was a different person. I mean, I wasn't suddenly mature. I wasn't suddenly displaying the perfect attributes of God, yet I was different. I was changed. I was born again. I was different from the inside out. Hallelujah. I wasn't the same person. I didn't have the same motivations. I was changed. And as I thought about this, I, I sort of thought about what those early years looked like. And while it wasn't an easy life, I'd, I remember you know, I'd go along, I'd go do everything. They'd have an early morning prayer meeting. I would be bugging the neighbor who just came to the Lord to drive me at 6 a.m. to go to the prayer meeting. I would, I would be at everything because I just wanted to be around anything that was with God. So you'd see this 13-year-old um, trying to thumb a, thumb a lift with somebody to, to get to the prayer meetings. And at nighttime, I'd have my a little journal, and I'd write in there. I'd write choruses that touched my heart. I'd... I'd write, you know, things that the Lord had spoken to me, special little verses that the Lord spoke, and I kept it in a box, my secret box. It wasn't really very secret, I don't think, but I thought it was secret. But it's my secret box with my little secret journal. And so I had this little secret journal, and I'd write in it all the little choruses and and the little things. And I see people do that on Facebook now. They'll, They'll just be in love with Jesus, and they'll write their little things, you know. In my day, we didn't have Facebook, so we just wrote it in a journal. But it was my history with God. And at nighttime, I'd read the Bible. I had a little good news Bible with a, a um, rainbow on the front. And I, you know, I'd, um, I'd look through the pages and I'd read stories. Like I remember when reading about Stephen when he got stoned. And beside it, I just wrote this. I had a pen mark. Oh, I was so upset that Stephen got so stoned. You know, he was killed. He was so innocent. And as I thought about it, as I was trying to remember, I thought, wow, everything was so fresh. Everything was innocent. I wasn't reading the Bible as a resource. I was reading it as this is so true and amazing and whoa. And, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit is looking for us to come back to a simplicity. The simplicity, the joy of our salvation. Hallelujah. But we try to remember when life was so tender. And come into that place of first love. Without abandoning all the beauty of that, the maturity that he brings into our lives over the years, just like he did talk about in Revelation 2. He says, don't just, don't abandon what you're doing, but repent of of turning away from your first love and do the things that you've been doing. In the same way, I believe he's calling the church back to a simplicity 
where instead of intellectualizing the gospel, instead of studying to studying God, we actually know God. God doesn't want us to study about him. He wants us to truly, deeply know him intimately. Hallelujah. Where we experience him. Father, we want to know you. And this is what I believe God's saying about first love. Amen. Now, I also believe that one of the attributes of first love is seeking and finding. When I was um, growing up in, in, in the Lord, every time there was an altar call, I would pretty much be on it. Just, I just wanted more. I'd be, I'd be crying at the altar. If they had a, an altar call for missionaries to go to the mission field, I'd be on it. You know, I just everything. I wanted everything. And it was, there was an innocence about it that was just like, I'm hungry. You know, all of my theology was not necessarily right, but I just, I just wanted more. Let us never get to the place where we are not hungry, where we lose the hunger or we coast in what we have. You see, I believe prophetically the Holy Spirit is stirring us to recognize he's about to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. But it's like inviting people to a banquet. If, they, if they're not hungry, then it's wasted. I think the invitation that God is opening to us prophetically with the increase in the signs and the wonders and the miracles has to do with coming back to a simplicity with a first love that's just hungry. I want to know more. I want to know you. I want more, Jesus. You know, as a, as a young woman, I'd, I'd read everything I could get on Catherine Coleman, John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, anybody that was doing good stuff, I wanted to know more. I wanted to see that happening. I, you know, I, I, and I was desperate. I didn't want to just see it happen in Africa or India. I wanted to see it in my town, in my life. And I'd go as, um, as a young mum, I'd go to this video bus. They had a, a video bus that would go to Garden City. The, the local shopping center, and I would, you know, go and I'd exchange my videos every week and see how old this is before DVDs. And I would get a fresh bunch of videos every week, and I'd watch and I'd cry as I'd watch the deaf ears opening. And I'd cry as I'd hear the testimonies of, of people being healed and saved and, and miracles happening. You know, I believe it's so important that we never lose the wonder, that we never lose the hunger for more. You see, God is offering us so much, but it's up to us to look to him to say, yes, I want that, God. Yes, I want that. You know, people get nervous. Well, I don't want to just want God for what he's got. You don't even have to think about that when you're a child. If God, you know, if I offered, if I offered my, my son something good, he's not going to go, what's your motive? And he's not going to worry about his motive. Mom, I don't want to take that because I don't want to feel like I'm just taking from you all the time. It's just like it wouldn't even occur to him to say that. 
We need to get back to the simplicity of woohoo! Yes! 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 Be it unto me, God. I'll have it. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. And to not change the subject. You see, a lot of people begin this way. And then something happens. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say, try to remember when life was so tender. He wants you to remember the dreams that he put into your heart. Hallelujah. That verse there that says, try to remember when life was so tender that dreams were kept beside your pillow. You know what? It's not wrong to dream. It doesn't matter how old you were, how old you are. Moses was 70 years old before God reawakened the dream that was on the inside of his heart to see his nation liberated. God says, I haven't forgotten. Come on, try to remember. Try to remember. Because I want to bring you back into that childlike place that is able to receive. He says, unless you become like a little child, you cannot inherit the kingdom. Why? Because your heart's not in the place where you are ready to receive. I think this is better preaching than you're responding, actually. His heart desire is to move on your life, to do wonderful things. You know, the other thing that I, you know, I was a born optimist and I thank God for that. But when the Holy Spirit came into my life, you know, I was out of control, optimistic, so full of faith. Anything can happen. And you know what? That is where he wants us to live. Continually, instead of being, well, you know, now that I'm mature, I've had life experience that says, really, you should be preparing for disappointment. It's sensible not to get your hopes up. Whoever came up with that phrase? Don't get your hopes up. Why? Why? Get your hopes up so high that you start dancing and celebrating. Get your hopes up so high that you start singing about it as though you already have it. Get your hopes up so high that you're like a child that's looking forward to Christmas Day. I know what I'm getting. Try to remember when life was so tender. <laughs> you know, the other thing I was thinking about as I was deliberately trying to think about this. And it was quite a happy thought. Was there as a place that I could go? I had a friend that was my friend, was my God. He was my secret place. When all the stuff was going on, I remember one night, as a 13-year-old, and I was going through some terrible things at home, and and mum wasn't with us, and, and we were left with other people, and I was being abused, and I, I had terrible insomnia. And I snuck out of the house one night, late at night, 
and I went next door to our neighbor who'd just been saved, I think, about six months, but she was an intercessor. And I knocked on her door and I said, can you please pray for me? Because I can't sleep. And she put me in her bean bag. We had bean bags back then. And she prayed, Lord, let the angels sing her to sleep. And I snuck home, back into my bed. And I was so scared. I was having nightmares. I was, t- I was just... But that night, I had so much peace. Because she'd prayed that I would see the angels and they would hear them sing me to sleep. So I did. And they did. I heard the choir of angels and they sang me to sleep and there was a peace that no one can ever take away from me. And I had, I had God. What else did I need? I still have God. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to reawaken you. To try to remember that place where it's simple. You're here. I'm okay. You're here. I can trust you. I don't have to apply all the reasoning to why I might not have, you know, sensible reason to to trust you. It's just like, yay, you're here. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 27. It says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's happy. <sighs> Good question. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall you fear? Really, in light of him, in comparison to him, him with you? What are you worried about? Well, you know, this could happen, this could happen. No, go back to your first love. Go back to the childlike simplicity of, he's with me. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Instead of wondering, well, what about this and what about that? Well, this didn't happen and that didn't. Stop it. Stop asking why and start remembering who. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. This is David writing this psalm. And, you know, you can recall the victories that God has had in your life. You know, that's why I kept this little journal. When I needed encouragement, I'd pull it out and I'd remember, you did that for me. I remember one day, you know, soon after being saved, I had to come home and from school and let myself into the house downstairs. And we had deadlocks on the door and I, I'd get the key, I got the key from under the bin and was trying to open the door. And I could not make that thing work. I could not get the door open until I was in the point of tears. It's like, oh. and so I prayed. I said, 
Help me open the door, God. Click. I, I walked in the door and fell on my knees. Like you opened the door for me. Oh, thank you, God. You're so good to me. And I wrote it in my book. He opened the door for me. Try to remember the victories that God's brought in your life. Try to remember. You know, it's good to keep a record of the things that he has done. I love surrounding myself with people. It's been such a joy uh, to spend time with Pastor Tony Thompson because he has been with me for so many of the miracles that we've seen in the ministry. And he'll say, do you remember when? I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. He was reminding me the other day when I came out to Garfield, Georgia, and um, a fellow that had been healed the night before at a conference um, was coming out to come to the extra meeting that I was doing. And he picked up, he and his family picked up a hitchhiker on the way. And um, they said, where do you need to go? Where? And, and they said, we'll take you wherever you need to go if you'll come to church with us. And he said, deal. And he came in and um, I picked him out to prophesy over him. And I went to pray for him and the power of God hit him and he literally flew backwards, meters backwards, and swearing at the top of his voice saying, beep, 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 beep. And he was born again, beautifully born again that day. So that's the best ride I ever had. You know? <laughs> but I'd forgotten about it. You know, if you get yourself, surround yourself with people that are going to speak hope and speak life and remind you of the good things. You know, bad company corrupts good character. It's really important that you watch who you're walking with. Because pretty soon you'll begin to absorb what you hang around. That's why it's good to fellowship with people who have like-minded faith. Hallelujah. To surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you and spur you on to love and good deeds. Amen. Though an army may encamp against me. This is him encouraging himself after he thinks about, that's right, I remember what you did. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Hallelujah. Then he says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You know, I believe that the Lord is looking for leaders who will humble themselves and come back to the simplicity of the one thing. Who'll come back to the first love. Oh God, that's right. You know, one night I remember years ago, I was praying and I was trying to pray and I just didn't really feel like I was getting anywhere. And I was asking, but it just wasn't, I wasn't getting satisfied. And I, in my exasperation, I cried out to the Lord. I said, what do I want? 
And the Holy Spirit says, you want to be loved. And I went, yes, that's what I want. Oh, and then he came and he loved me and he loved me. And he sang songs to me. Bringing to remembrance songs that are ah, just leading me in worship, leading me how to have a divine embrace with God. God wants to remind you what you really want. You think, well, I want this and I want that. Ask him what you want. He'll show you what you deeply, deeply desire. And I'd like to tell you, if you've been born again, what you really want is one thing. You might just gaze on him, dwell with him where he is. You know, when Peter walked on water, I believe he was overcome with a desire just to be where Jesus was. I just want to be with you where you are. And the result is signs and wonders. The result is miracles. Hallelujah. One thing I have desired, this shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on his beauty. <sighs> but how easy it is to get sidetracked by busyness, by stuff. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to wake you up. Out of the realm of the world that wants to distract you and discourage you and fill your thoughts with all sorts of things. And he wants to remind you what you really want. What do you really desire? Deep in your heart, I tell you, you want to be loved. And you want to commune with him. That's what you long for because that's what you were created for. You were created in the image of God to be loved by God. It's your purpose. I need a prophetic word about my destiny. I don't know what my destiny is. Ready? Get your recorders out. I'm about to give you a personal prophetic word. Your divine destiny is to be loved by God to the point that you cannot handle it and you have to cry out for supernatural strength to handle it so that you will respond and be in divine union with him walking in righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost <laughs> try to remember when life was so tender he loves you isn't he lovely when he sings his songs? And there's also something else I think that comes when we come back to that simplicity. When instead of all the clever arguments and the clever doctrines and the clever theologies, I love, I love to study. I love to learn. But I've come across people that have replaced power with knowledge. God doesn't want us to be learning just about him. He really, really wants to experientially reveal himself, manifest himself to you. And he wants to reveal himself to you as the Prince of Peace. As the one that supernaturally gives you peace. 
And peace isn't, you know, I used to sort of think about peace as something, you know, that war veterans talk about wanting to have. I just need peace. Like, as, as a teenager, I'm like, I just want, I got lots of things I want. Peace isn't actually sort of one of the things that I'm thinking about. But peace is something that we deeply desire. It's shalom wholeness. It's absolute divine rest. It's something that the littlest child deeply longs for and desires. It's why they climb up on their parents' lap and just want to sit. Just want to be held. You know what? You still just want to be held. I don't care how tough you look. There's something on the inside of you that wants to rest in him, that just wants to be held. It's not a feminine thing or a masculine thing. It's just the heart desire of a child that he has put on the inside of you. And he says, I want you to remember it. Because if you stop longing for that, you're missing the beauty of what God has for you. Try to remember when life was so tender. You just, just want to come close. Just want to have a cuddle. I just want to have a cuddle. Psalm 131. You say, where's the scripture for that? It's in the Bible. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither will I trouble myself with weighty matters or things too great for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Hoping God, Israel. It's a beautiful little psalm. But the heart of God for you is that you would find that place of divine rest where you are not worried with the cares of the world, with the weights of the world, where you're not thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I am actually starting to walk into this now, which is a miracle, where I'm able to have problems come across my path and I'll go, oh, okay, we can look at that. Quick toss, throw it through to God. And they say, thank you, Lord, you're going to bring the solution. Hooray. Now I'm going to come and have a little cuddle. Instead of staying up all night, agonizing, trying to figure it out. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to remember, who are you? You're the one that supplies all of our needs according to your riches in glory. You're the one who is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You are my peace, you are my joy, you are my delight, you are my healer, you are my saviour. And I'm your favourite. <laughs> That's in the Bible too, actually. It says you are the apple of his eye. And he'll keep you as such. Now God's pretty amazing, pretty strong. He, I don't think... Anything could touch him. When they tried before it was time to try and stone Jesus or throw him off a cliff, he just walked straight through. But God says, I don't just keep you as part of me. I keep you as the most vulnerable part of my body. I protect you like I protect my own eyes. It's the first thing most people will shield. He says, I'll keep you like the apple of my eye. Good, happy day for me. That's good news. 
the simplicity of the gospel, the first love will read a scripture like that and not go, yes, I mentally assent to that fact. First love will go, sweet, yay, that's awesome, do you know what God says about me? It's true. When you read the Bible, if it's becoming stale, try to remember when life was so tender. When you were a callow fellow, someone that was green and young and inexperienced and believed that anything is possible. God just wants you to come back into the place where he can give you everything he wants you to have. Where you don't put up walls of resistance, of doubt and intellectualism. Just go, yay, hooray, thank you very much. I receive. Only believe. It's the songs I'd hear them play in the videos and the Catherine Coleman meetings. Only believe. Only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe all things are possible. Only believe. And, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit is ready to release miracles and signs and wonders beyond what we have read about. Beyond what we, you know, this isn't long time in the future. This is now. You know, I've read about some pretty outstanding miracles. And I believe the word of the Lord that he's giving me right now. So I'm much more excited than I'm actually able to express What would happen if you actually believed that God did want to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, hope, or imagine? I can imagine a lot. And God just doesn't want to one better it. The will of God for my life is to do exceedingly enormously, just so I don't use the same words, just so you actually try and cut through the familiarity, he wants to do so much more than you have yet imagined. And it's not like, oh, yes, I know he wants to. No, it's like, it's simple. I want to. Do you want it? Excellent. Let's have it. But, 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 all the keys. Just stop it. Humble yourself like a little child and go, woo When dreams were kept beside your pillow, I believe the Holy Spirit is ready and he's urgently trying to get you ready. He's urgently trying to bring you to the place where you start to believe, where you step out of the familiarity of what you think you know 
and step into who you, who you know, to step into the simplicity of first love. Can you imagine the most extreme miracle that you could imagine happening? Being exceedingly abundantly above, done more? Can you imagine that? Like, I mean, I've read about, in Maria Woodward at his day, for example, read about a man that had a, a knee amputated and he came into the meeting they prayed for him and they watched as a bone grew out the sinews the muscles the the skin all manifested in the meeting that was like more than a hundred years ago and he's going from glory to glory if that was happening then and he wants to do way beyond what i have yet even thought about I've thought about that. I've seen it. I've pictured it. going to be good. I've seen it in, my, in the eye of my imagination. I've seen the paraplegics jumping up out of their wheelchairs. Whole wheelchair sections. Hallelujah. Because the word goes out. People get healed. But that's something that was happening in Catherine Coleman's day. Well, we'd be happy if we just had that. You won't have that if you can't see it. You won't have that if you're not ready to want and hunger for more. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. Who wants to join him? Who says, yes, pick me? Some of you. Pick me, two hands. Be it unto me according to your word, Lord. And you know what? There's going to be a few elder brothers that get a little offended at the party God's about to throw for the prodigals that will simply say, Wow, thanks. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 